This is a Three Ducks in a Row production featuring Joey McMurray, Preston Highfield, and Trent Warren. And this is Joey McMurray welcoming you into the second podcast of the Three Ducks in a Row series. I am joined by the usual panelists of Trent Warren and Preston Highfield, my fellow Ducks. Today we are talking NFL on this Thursday, March 8th. Yes, Preston, I did give you the date. Got the date, got the date right again. Thank you. It's two <laughs> you days know, in a row, man. Hey, you know, I, I will get it wrong at some point. That's it, 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 it is bound to happen. I will get the date wrong. So those of you uh, who are going to critique me, <coughs> Preston... I'm just going to have to... Joey, I'm your biggest critic and your biggest fan. You don't know that, bro. Oh, that's true. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. In the radio business, you did not... Everyone didn't just see the fist bump that Preston and I just shared, but it was, <laughs> it was a bit of a moment. Anyway, we were talking NFL today. That means we are talking Peyton Manning. That is obviously yes. the big story. And then we're going to touch on the New Orleans Saints and the bounty program that they had on their defense. And then we're going to get into just a little bit of the free agent talk, because I know we're going to probably have a separate podcast for that. So gentlemen, Peyton Manning, was it uh, handled well by the Colts organization? We'll start that out with my first question for you all. You know what, to be quite honest, uh, I thought it was the wrong move by the GMs of uh, the Colts and the owner, Jim Mersey. Um You know, Peyton's just that, he's that, um, he's just the figure, I mean, he's, he's the franchise. It's just like, you know, what if Tom Brady left? You know, it's just, it doesn't happen. It's, you know, I can see this thing kind of happening like a Brett Favre situation. You know, he's going to go on to maybe one or two other teams, play for another three, four years, maybe at max. But um, quite frankly, I didn't really like how it was handled. Um, I thought it was best for him to retire if he was going to get cut like this. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, it, I'll agree and I'll disagree just for the sake of disagreeing. I think that... <laughs> Basically, how they handled it was the right way to go about it because, at the end of the day, this is a business. Peyton Manning is going to be fine. He is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. He will have a laundry list of teams going for him. We'll talk about that a little later in the show, who we think is going to go after him and where we think he should land. But, no, I really think that they did handle it the right way. And You saw today on SportsCenter, they had, Joey, you can talk about that, they had his his public address of, him leaving the Colts organization, and the man is just such a classy guy. Jim Mercer was right next to him. They handled it really well publicly, and I'm sure behind the scenes, we don't know for sure, but I think they handled it pretty well behind the scenes, too, and I think it was the right move at the end of the day. They parted ways. You know, obviously, Andrew Luck, a once-in-a-generation quarterback, is coming up. I'm sure they told Peyton Manning the exact situation. He was their entire franchise by himself. You saw what happened this year when he didn't play. He was the franchise. And so I'm sure they handled it the right way behind the scenes, and publicly they certainly did too. Yeah, I think I have to agree with Preston here. And uh, obviously it was one of the most, I guess I should say, dramatic releases ever. I mean, it's very rare that you have a press conference that's entirely about a release or a cut player. And so that was really kind of interesting to to see there with the Colts. And you could tell that both Jim Irsay and Peyton Manning were both obviously very emotional about it. And Preston, I want to come back to what you said about it being a business. I think you're absolutely right, and Ursay kind of assured everyone that it wasn't about the money. I tend to think that it has to be a little bit about the money. I believe he, Peyton Manning, is due a $28 million roster bonus Something if he's still like on the roster. Yeah. yeah, and so, you know, when you have that number one overall pick, and as you mentioned, Preston, it's a once-in-a-generation quarterback in Andrew Luck, 
it's just not a good investment to bring back, even if he is your franchise player, as Trent mentioned, it's just not a good investment to bring a guy like that back when you have an opportunity to get about 14 years younger and have a comparable skill set and in theory. Well, and let's be clear about this. It's not like they just dumped him out on the streets. They they definitely, like, you know, he didn't get that extra bonus, but it's not like they dumped him out on the streets. He has a great, you know, he's he's been a great quarterback. There's going to be plenty of teams going after him. Like I said, we'll talk about that a little later. And then the Colts, obviously, it's a great move for them because they will be able to draft. Andrew Luck, a once-in-a-generation quarterback, I think he will live up to that hype. I think he will be very good. I'm not saying he's going to be Peyton Manning, but he could be very, very good. And obviously all experts think that. And so, I don't know, Trent, you have a little thought about Andrew Yeah, I was going to say, so are you guys saying that Andrew Luck's going to start right from the get-go? I think I mean, so. Yeah, have you seen their quarterback? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I agree with you. Like, There's no other option with that franchise, but I mean... Look at how it panned out for the the Packers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was under Favre's belt for four years. I think that was a little too long, but, you know, arguably uh, Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league right now. Well, and then to to kind of counter that, as a 49ers fan, (laughs) it's a little bit rough. I mean, watching Alex Smith kind of struggle there with a lot of different offensive coordinators. And one thing that the Niners did not have in his rookie season was a good offensive line, and that's also something more recently that's hurt Sam Bradford in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And the Colts do not have a good offensive line, so... You know, I think we'll save that for another show because obviously Andrew Luck is not a member of the pack, or excuse me, the Colts yet, but he most likely will be. So I'm sure we'll get into that. I know Andrew Luck, we're all a little bit West Coast biased, but I think even ESPN is biased on this one. I think everyone thinks Andrew Luck's going to be a a great quarterback. I think think pretty much ever since the end of his redshirt freshman year, (laughs) everyone knew that he was going to be elite. And then his redshirt sophomore year, he was like, all right, he's number one overall. And then it was like, what? He's coming back? All right. Can we just put this guy number one on the big board and then just fill in the rest? That was right. pretty much yeah. Uh, that was pretty much the idea behind that. <laughs> I agree. Now coming back to uh, Peyton Manning, we already mentioned that you know he's leaving the Colts, and so we think that that means Andrew Luck's headed there. So now I open it up to you, Preston and Trent. Where first of all, where should Peyton Manning go? I think an ideal situation for him would be the Arizona Cardinals. I think really that's where somebody can step in. He has a superstar wide receiver. They need a quarterback position. They tried. They need a quarterback. They tried the whole Kevin Cobb experiment. We all know how that worked out or didn't work out. Paid him a lot of money. I think that Peyton. A lot of people talking about him going to maybe Miami. I could see um, New York. I don't really see the Jets. He's not an outdoor <laughs> quarterback at all. He does not like conservative offenses. He likes being in control. I don't think that works out at all. New York, for some reason, a lot of people have been throwing that out out there. I'm just in complete disagreement with that. I think the Arizona Cardinals is where he should end up. I don't know if that's necessarily where he will end up. But. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, he would fit great with the Cardinals. Um, with their offense, just gunslinging it with the Fitzgeralds. You know, he's got perfect hands. And um, uh, I think also the Dolphins, like you mentioned, um, with the balanced running attack with um, Bush, who came off a really good year, I thought. And um, they've, they've haven't had a great quarterback since who? I can't remember. Dan Marino. Dan, Dan Marino. <laughs> well, and a lot of these teams, if you think about it, there's so many teams in the league that are just one quarterback away. Uh-huh. The quarterback's obviously the most important position in all sports. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. A lot of these teams are just one quarterback away. Larry Fitzgerald still had a pretty solid season, if you go back and look at his numbers, with an inconsistent Kevin Cobb throwing at him and not much of a rush, rushing attack. And so basically, Peyton Manning, I think he can really step up for a lot of these teams and make a big impact. He's obviously one of the better quarterbacks to ever play the game. So I think Arizona and Miami are, are two fits um, that he would definitely just slide right in and 
become a good fit for that offense. I think the other thing to note with uh, the Arizona Cardinals is that Ken Wisenhunt also oversaw the end of Kurt Warner's career. And so I think he knows how to handle a veteran quarterback that is maybe not quite as durable as he once was. And I think in Peyton Manning's situation, that's still something that's a little bit up in the air, is if Peyton Manning can remain healthy. I mean, four neck surgeries is a lot. Yeah. And so that that's going to be something that, you know, a lot of people, obviously it's the big buzz right now that Peyton Manning is, is, is a free agent. He's obviously, like you guys mentioned, he's a great quarterback. I still have health concerns. So at this point, I'm going to agree and say that the ideal... Most likely situation is the Arizona Cardinals. I think that they, as much as it pains me to say that as a Niners fan, you know, I, I think that that is one of the best situations for him. And just to kind of put it out there, Reggie Wayne has also said that he would like to play with Peyton Manning again. And I know that Miami has uh, has been the team that they've kind of both been talked about at the same time with. Mm-hmm. But Reggie Wayne across from Larry Fitzgerald with that offense, that could be very mm-hmm. scary with Peyton Manning in Arizona. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I want to go back to the health concerns thing just really fast. A lot of people don't really know how healthy Peyton Manning is after those four neck surgeries. I saw some muddled footage on like ESPN.com, and ESPN had it on their uh, channel. And basically, it was Peyton Manning throwing, and he looked okay. Like, he looked pretty good. But you don't know until you get back into the game and take that hit, how that neck is right. going to react. Mm-hmm. And so just it's going to be really interesting to see what teams do in terms of Hmm, should I pay him X amount of money? Because we still don't know about the concerns. We know he's a great quarterback, but how much should we pay him? How many years should we give him? So that's really going to be something that's going to be intriguing, The probably the most intriguing storyline of Peyton Manning's return to the NFL. All right, so now we've already kind of agreed, I think, that Arizona is the ideal situation. So now I, I bring it over to you, Trent. Where do you think he actually will end up? Arizona, <laughs> honestly. Um, you know, I still think Miami is... A, Second at best for a shot for him. I mean, I think he mentioned that he has a condo there and he's been working out there over the off season. And I think he'd be a great fit for Brandon Marshall. And when Brandon Marshall's not being a head case, he can be a really good player. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, but uh, you know, I think he can put better numbers in Wisenhut's um system and just a pass happy attack. And like you said, Preston, he's a a dome quarterback, and Arizona plays in a dorm dome, so. Yeah, Miami doesn't, but Arizona, Arizona <laughs> does. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I do think it's the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know a whole lot about the logistics. I don't think we all do behind the scenes in terms of if he has family there, if he is comfortable with that situation. But I think definitely X's and O's, Arizona's a perfect fit for Manning. Yeah, and the other teams that we haven't talked about a ton that have shown interest and apparently are reported, or it's reported they have interest, Washington Redskins, but I think... Uh, I'm a believer that the Washington Redskins are going to move up to that number two oh, spot in the draft and take Robert Griffin. And then the other one that uh, is a little bit interesting is the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Kansas City Chiefs could uh, call and uh, see how much interest is the uh, really Peyton Manning has in coming to Kansas City. I don't, I don't see that happening, but it's it Kyle, could happen. Is Kyle Orton not getting it done for you? <laughs> don't think so. You know, and then, and then finally, the, the last team I wanted to throw out there was the Denver Broncos, because the Denver Broncos, I mean. If you're John Elway, how do you pass up a guy like Peyton Manning? Well, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about that, and John Elway obviously proved himself in his first draft. He did a good job, and so it's going to be interesting to see this whole Tebow thing. Is it <laughs> yeah, Manning yeah. mania now? Like, when does this ever end? I mean, it's just, it's just going to be really interesting. I don't even know what they're going to do with Tebow. If Tebow starts next year, even if they don't have Manning, um, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, and, and uh, if you guys haven't uh, seen on the McFlurry, we've got Bart Beatty's first article is up. 
and he actually wants LaMichael James to head over to the Denver Broncos. He thinks that it will be a good fit for him, and it is with Mr. Tim Tebow at quarterback, and he's a big reason why that's a good fit. So be sure to check that out. And So maybe that means that uh, Payne Manning won't be heading to Denver, but I think we, uh, we agree Arizona seems to be the, the top team at this point. So, gentlemen, any final thoughts here on Peyton Manning? Basically, I mean, like I said, X's and O's, Arizona's a perfect fit for Manning. I think he goes there. Yeah, Arizona's definitely the fit. All right, I have to agree. Now we're going to transition to a little bit of a different topic here in the NFL world, and uh, it is the Saints. So I wrote an article about this uh, Bounty Bountygate story, and uh, it's kind of a interesting, <laughs> interesting deal going on in Arizona. And so to give some background, the Saints have been uh, found out that in 2009, 2010, and 2011, uh, there was a program that at one point had about $50,000 in a pool. And this pool was then distributed out to players who inflicted injuries on opposing players that knocked them out of the games. And I remember there was something where $1,000 for a knockout, $1,500 for a card off. Now, I if you if you read the article, it's... I, I tend to think that they, they need to lay down the hammer on this one, but one thing that I, well, I guess I'll throw it out to you guys first. How, how do you guys feel about this whole playing defense with a bounty on other players' heads? Yeah, it's horrible. I mean, way worse than the Spygate, as everyone else is saying. Um, just, I mean, it's just uncalled for. It's just, it gives, it's just another reason to give the NFL a bad name, and, you know, cutting down on the you know, the hard hits for uh, concussion reasons, and and it's just it's just not a good thing for the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it's not a good thing at all. They should definitely crack down on it, but I'm of a believer that there is no possible way that you can ask an NFL linebacker to go 50% on one play and then 100% <laughs> to try to hurt the quarterback on the other play. They, they just don't do that. It's not in their instincts. When you have grown men, 6'2", 250 pounds running at you, either way, you're not going to... You're, when you're trying to get by an O-lineman or what have you, you're not going to go 50% on one play, and then if you suddenly have a chance for a cheap shot, go 100% on that next play. It's just not how NFL players, it's not how their minds are constructed. And I think, so in no way should the players be punished. I definitely think the ethical reasons behind it in terms of the coaches, uh, you know, what were they doing? Like just paying the players? Well, yeah, it was a pay-for-performance uh, yeah, type th deal. So. That, I mean, that's just ethically wrong, obviously. <laughs> But I don't think that you can sit here and tell me that players go 50% on one play and 100% on another play. There's just no way you can make that argument. I don't think that you can make the argument you know, that players kind of lay back, but I think that you can make the argument that on certain plays, players are going to hit a guy even if it's a little bit unnecessary. And so I think on the Saints, there are some examples of that. Now, I'm not saying that all the hits by the Saints players in the last three years have been dirty. I'm not saying that at all. I want to be clear about that. What I am saying is that I do feel like there are some instances where a normal player on defense would not make a certain violent hit, whereas the Saints, I think their players would, because, as we mentioned, they were getting bonuses for doing that. So I bring up one thing that I uh, talked about in the article a bit, was the hit on Kurt Warner in the 2010 playoff game. So now, that I think is a clean hit. I want to throw it out there and say that that is a clean hit, but... Was it unnecessary, and did it occur because of this whole bounty program? Well, I mean, there's you can't just say that's. I don't think there's a yes or no answer to that. Yes, this occurred because of that. No, this occurred because of that. I mean, the program was in place, but it's natural instinct. It, 
that Kurt Warner is just one of many examples. When a quarterback throws an interception and is vulnerable, he is about to get decked by anyone on defense in his way. It, defensive players make it a goal to take out the other team's most important player. So I don't think that you can blame the bounty program specifically on that one hit, or just on hits in general, which is why I'm so opposed to punishing the players. The whole moral side of it is completely wrong, but there's no way that you can point out certain plays or certain hits and say, okay, well this was a result of the bounty program, because players are always going to go 100% and do what they do. Their minds are constructed, they only work one way. They don't switch up their minds in the middle of a play or the middle of a game. As a punishment, though, I'm thinking... You know, a suspension for uh, Williams. I don't know what you guys think, but at least two or three games and um, taking away some draft picks. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take away a first round pick for the Saints this year, but um, second, third, and maybe next year take around take away a first round pick. But um, this is bad, and it's kind of ironic to call the Saints. <laughs> it is, yeah. You know, well, and the other thing I wanted to wanted to add in is that this started in two thousand nine. Now, two thousand nine was near the beginning of when the NFL started to really crack down on these quote-unquote violent hits. So I personally am in agreement with Preston that the players are going to go hard no matter what. Now, I think that, that there are there were certain hits, and obviously we can't determine which ones those were, but I think that there were certain hits that probably because they had a little extra incentive, that's why they hit them. That's, that's my point. So in punishing the players, I don't think it's a little bit arbitrary at this point. So I agree with you, Preston. Now, the one thing that I'm a little bit scared about is that because this all started around the same time as the crackdown on on the overly violent hits, do you guys think in any way, shape, or form that this was a bit of a protest kind of by the coaching staff saying, we think that this is ridiculous, we want to play hard no matter what? Uh, it's hard to say, honestly. I've never thought about it like that. Yeah, this whole this whole program. There's, I don't mean to be too blunt about it, but I don't think we should dissect it over the top. I know that how bad it is, and the whole moral thing is really wrong. Getting back to the punishments, I don't think we should take away draft picks. I think we should definitely suspend coaches, but I don't. Th I think taking away draft picks is too over the top. Again, I guess you can say it's a good incentive, but these players are already making a lot of money. I, I yeah. mean, when you think about it, fifteen. What's fifteen hundred dollars to? a player nothing. that's making 1.5 in a year. That's nothing. basically nothing. So really, while the incentives are morally incorrect, I don't think that you can point to players and blame the players. I think coaches should be suspended, but I don't think we should go as far as taking away draft picks. Like Trent said, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. <laughs> and I don't yeah. I don't think we should continue <laughs> to dissect it. I think it's, it is what it is, and we should just accept it and look at it in the way that we think we should. I think that it's uh, it's one of those things where people have kind of been a little like, wow, this this actually happened. You know, I think it's one of those types of deals, and so I think you're right, Preston. It needs to be taken at face value. And obviously, I think I think all three of us can agree that it is morally and ethically just wrong. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's obviously a bad thing. And so the way in which it's handled is I think you need to show that, yes, we're not going to tolerate this kind of stuff, but to actually pick out certain players, certain hits, I think that that's a little bit arbitrary and hard to do. So, so let me ask you, what specifically, what do you think in terms of punishment should be dealt out? I think that Greg Williams, the uh, defensive coordinator behind it, should be should be suspended, if not worse. I think that uh, also the fact that he actually jumped ship from New Orleans to head over to St. Louis, he pulled the Pete Carroll. <laughs> I think that uh, doing that, I think, demonstrates that he was a little 
uncomfortable with being there because it has come out that the Saints were warned that the NFL was investigating yep. this and it still was going on. Um, the other guy I think who's not actually taking as much heat as he should is Sean Payton because Sean Payton knew what was going on. Sean Payton is the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. So I think that Sean Payton's going to be looking at some sort of suspension time as well. I think that that's really what it comes down to. And then I think that the league needs to release a statement saying something along the lines of, this is this is obviously morally wrong, and if we ever hear anything about a player even participating in this, then I think the players should be punished. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad you said that because I agree with you. Roger Goodell definitely needs to take control, let the players and all of the organizations know that there's going to be a big punishment for if anything ever happens like this again, that he's definitely going to crack down, and so I definitely think he should punish Sean Baton. Who is the man in charge? I know Greg Williams was the man behind most of this, but at the end of the day, everything falls on the head coach. And when you're a coach in the National Football League, you're going to get punishment and you're going to get credit. And I think Sean Payton deserves punishment in this situation. Trent, any final thoughts? Uh, that's it, I think. All right. Then real quick as we begin to wrap up the show, guys, top free agent this offseason. And as of right now, where is he ending up? Preston? We're looking up Peyton Manning, who obviously... We talked about earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to, to see where Matt Flynn goes. That whole one game incredible performance <laughs> against the Lions. I know you have some words about that, Joey. Uh, I I think Matt Flynn is product of the system. Product of the system. <laughs> that is, well, the way that it's that I have described it off of the microphone is ah, Matt Flynn. So <laughs> no, and then you look at uh, Kyle Orton, Jason Campbell, and Donovan McNabb are the next. The next couple of quarterbacks down down the list. Then you have a long list of quarterbacks. I think definitely the most intriguing player of free agency, other than Manning, has to be Mario Williams and where he'll end up. Trent, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, no, but <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about Vincent Jackson because he's from San Diego. And uh, <laughs> real quick though, um, I know the Eagles are really looking at Vincent and. Uh, did Deshaun? He he's Deshaun staying. is a franchise tag. They, they franchise him, staying. but they can still get rid of him. Yeah. So that's that's his deal. So they're they're definitely okay. looking at Vincent. They need a big receiver. They uh, have ma- They have small, fast receivers. Oh, I know. But you know that's <laughs> that's what fits their system, though. I mean, they're they're a mobile team with Michael throwing the ball. They need some physicality, though. They, that they was their do. downfall. They you do. know what? They're not taking Vincent. I'm not gonna let him. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna this let is, him. This uh, is this is Trent Warren, a San Diego native and Chargers fan. Yeah. Basically, Very anytime so. anytime he talks sports to him, he'll let you know who's from San Diego. On Pretty that much, team. yes, <laughs> you gotta represent the city. Um, no, but I think if we lost Vincent Jackson, it's we're we're doomed. I mean, uh, <laughs> um, and who else? Like you, we mentioned earlier, Reggie Wayne's also a free agent. I I think he follows Peyton Manning. That's you know that's. What's the deal with Garcon? Do you are you guys aware? Garcon, they're uh, they they have to decide how much money they want to pay him. Yeah, because that's I, what's going on. The entire Colts organization. There's a lot of players looking to bolt right now, especially yeah. you see from the offense. You look at their receivers. Their mm-hmm. O line is a mess. Other than Saturday, who's just been <laughs> one of the better centers that we've ever seen. Yeah. Um. Other than him, and then Andrew Luck, their offense looks like a complete mess. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> And, go ahead. I was going to say, and you guys talking about it being a mess, that's why I'm thinking, you know, we should have kept Peyton Manning for at least two more years. I'm, I'm thinking Luck's going to have, he'll have a Manning rookie season. If I recall, Manning threw, like, way more interceptions than he did touchdowns. Yeah, he threw, I, I think it was, like, 
I don't, I don't remember the exact numbers, but he threw a lot of touchdowns too. But he, oh, just, he did. He, he did throw. He Will. did throw more Mark interceptions. Will, yeah. But um, that's really all I have about that. Well, and I wanted to come back real quick to the guy that uh, Preston mentioned before we got our San Diego native here, uh, Mario Williams. Though Mario Williams is one of the more intriguing stories in the offseason because the Texans' defense was still very good despite Mario Williams being out most of the year. So the fact that they're not going to retain him, and quite honestly, they don't need to. That's a that's a that's a big chunk of change coming off their payroll that the Texans can definitely use. And so, where do, where does Mario Williams go? Where are you guys looking at for Mario Williams right now? He's obviously the big one this offseason. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think when you look at when you look at teams around the league who need a pass rush, who do you look at? Because when you look at, I think you have to look at weak secondaries. This was the case with the Texans. Basically, what happened to the Texans is that their secondary was really bad. This year, it got a lot better without Mario Williams, which yep. is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So now that that it's improved, is there any way that they can re-sign him? Uh, they can. They, he he is an unrestricted free agent, so he can get an offer from them. But it, but if you're the if you're the Texans, why are you gonna get into a bidding war with someone else who needs a pass rush? Because he's one of the most dominant pass rushers in the league. <laughs> okay. I agree with that, but is it a good investment? Because they're gonna have to pay top dollar for him, and their defense was probably at least top three in the league last year without him. No, I, I agree, but I I think it is when a pass rusher is so valuable to a team, especially in the NFL when you're facing these elite friend like quarterback friendly systems. Bunch of good quarterbacks coming into lead league bunch of talent at receiver when you're improving your secondary they already have a stud linebacking core if you can get that third piece which is that pass rush i really think that it's worth it as they're offensively they already know what they're doing they have a great zone running scheme they have one of the better receivers in the league and andre johnson matt schaub when he's healthy is a very good quarterback so i think they just need to look defensively and i do think that they should resign mario williams if they can could you guys see uh the bucks taking uh mario williams being i mean come on the bucks 2002 greatest defense in my opinion. Um, John Gruden. Uh, yeah. Could you see him going back and trying to get that that just powerhouse in defense wise? I I could see him going to the Bucks. The other one that a lot of people have kind of it's it's been kind of a trendy conversation. Well, really, really two teams here for me. But Jacksonville is one that I know a lot of guys have yeah. thrown out and said, "Hey, he could go to Jacksonville." I think that that's Jack- very realistic. Ja- Jacksonville needs just about everything. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that that's a, a, a spot that he you need he a new could city. end up. And then, you know, another one that I've also heard just just slightly is the Bills. And the Bills, I think that would be interesting for him to to go there because the Bills are are on their way up. They showed that a little bit even though they were one of the I think luckiest teams in the NFL. They started off really well, and yeah. they, they were kind of fake. To, to, they, pretty much they were the whole season. Yeah. I agree, but I think the Bills are on their way up. It'd be a compliment so. to Sean Merriman, I, th- I, I think. Yeah, I no, agree I agree, and I think another thing that I've been reading is the Patriots. They've been criticized for not taking a pass rusher, and basically that's been their weakness. They have Will Fork, the run stopper, and match that with a with a pass rusher and a fairly good secondary. Although they did give up a lot of yards but a talented secondary, a, a pass rusher gives the secondary mm. more freedom to be able to single up on receivers, and I think that he would fit really well. Yeah, the biggest the mistake by the Patriots was uh, uh, releasing Richard Seymour. Yeah. I think that's true. All right, well, we will get to free agents on another episode of Three Ducks in a Row. Talk to some Peyton Manning. It was big NFL day. Talk to some Saints and Bounty Hunters. And coming up on the next show, which will be coming at you on Sunday... 
We are talking bracketology, and we're post-Pac-12 basketball tournament. As we are recording this, Cal and Stanford are on, and then Oregon, our Oregon Ducks, will be going up against Colorado here tonight. So we will be watching that. But next Sunday, we are breaking down the brackets after they are released, and we mean the big dance bracket. Not just the Pac-12 tournament mm -hmm. bracket, we mean the big dance. We will have some early national title picks for you, and... uh Maybe maybe put some money on the line on those. What do you guys North think? Carolina. North Carolina. Aztecs. San Diego. <laughs> they won on a buzzer beater today against Boise State, Trent. <laughs> Boise State. Oh, gosh. Boise, Boise State, State basketball is not a great program. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. Well, we will get into all that on the next episode, and that will be coming at you Sunday. So this has been Three Ducks in a Row. We have Trent Warren, Preston Highfield, Joey McMurray here. Thank you for listening.